You're listening to Consolidate That. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Consolidate That. Ryan, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you, Ivan? Pretty good. Sunny day in Ukraine, the spring started. We usually say that spring starts on the 1st of March. And in North America, you guys have some weird number, something like 20th. Yeah, I know. You guys kept confusing me. Everyone kept saying, I'll see you in spring. And I thought, are we off for half of the month or what's going on here? (laughs) But I almost didn't show up to work anymore. So yes, but (laughs) spring has not quite sprung here, but soon we we will catch up to the Ukrainian world. Awesome. What are we talking about today? Yeah, today we're going to be discussing the main principles of goal settings and OKRs or objectives and key results. Oh, cool. I love that topic. It's actually one of the most important things. I think we talked about the quarterly planning. I think that's where these things should be implemented. So what do you want to know about OKRs? Yeah, I'm trying to get a good idea from you of sort of just a broad approach, right? What are they? How do they affect the business? How can consolidators use them to to implement goals and objectives across the entire framework? Okay, well, just in general, where the OKRs come from, the concept was brought up in, I think, early 80s by the guy named Andrew Grove. And he actually explained the concept first. uh, But I think that uh, someone who brought it really to life was John or I'm sure I'm butchering his last name. But the point was that it's fairly simple concept, but some people have trouble grasping it. Really what it is, it's when you are doing quarterly planning, you start at the top of the organization or the annual planning. So you create some sort of goals that you want to reach, and then you cascade it down the organization. And this is a simple framework how you can do that. So what you do, your goals of the organization at the executive level are objectives. They need to be as a clear objectives, what we're trying to achieve. And then the next level of the organization splits those objectives into the key results that they can reach or achieve by each department or each role. And that will become subsequent sort of building blocks to that objective above. And the next level down, they will break it down further because the key results on the level above will become an objective for them and they develop their key results. So it's cascading from objective to key results and then more key results and more key results down to the bottom of the entire work chart. And the key there is to have a measurable result. And with that, it just needs to be very easy to say, did you do it or did you not do it? It has to be black and white. It's not like, you know, we want to be better. That's not measurable. We want to be better at counting our inventory so our cogs get down to 20% at the general practices in a particular region. That's the key result and you can measure and you can say that we achieved it or not. I think the sort of tool that you told me that was really helpful for that was, could you describe it to your grandmother or somebody's grandmother? That's our grandma rule. <laughs> yeah. Although I think you had a great story about someone's grandma being the head of product development at Microsoft or something and really throwing that rule out the window one time. But <laughs> we, <laughs> but yeah, a normal, my grandma would need to be able to describe them. So do these, I'm really familiar with SMART goals. That's something you know specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. That's a key thing that if you're not familiar with that, ask yourself, is every goal that you're doing smart? And that's a great way to determine that. So are smart goals an overlapping concept for OKRs or are they the same thing? 
I would say it's more like a component of it. So your key results should be smart. If you're setting an objective and to reach that objective, there are certain key results that the next level down is performing. Their key results should be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So you actually can execute on them and someone can say, do you do them or not? But it does need to cascade through the organization. And why that is important, because what you see a lot when the executive team is creating goals for the next quarter, one mistake is that they create goals for other people. That is an absolute no-no because that's a top-down approach that eventually will cause the burnout and just lack of motivation. Because when you don't come up with what I'm going to do to hit organizational target above me to get there, then it's a very top-down approach. Sometimes you don't, you just don't own it. There's no buy-in and there's no real motivation to work on that particular item. So making the goals for someone else is a big mistake. The second aspect here, which is really important, is that each level of the organization should be setting goals for their level. So if you'll think about the split between the levels of the organization that we usually talk about in consolidators, we talk about the board level, executive level, department, then regional, then hospital. So a big mistake if executive level will start making goals for departments, or if the region will start making goals for the hospital. The OKR system or management methodology allows every level to own the size of the task at hand for themselves. And depending how you manage your organization, but it could be anything from sort of initiatives at the executive level, rocks at the department, milestones for regional and hospital works on the projects, but it's how you slice it. But the ultimate goal is that everybody at their level sets the key results that they want to achieve to execute on the objective above. Great. So the cascading aspect is really key. And I think we did a, an episode about quarterly planning, which I almost think people should listen to in reverse order, right? Listen to this, understand how to do it, and then listen to the, the quarterly planning because this would be really helpful to figure those things out. So just to rephrase it here, OKRs, you need to be setting those. The objective needs to be a corporate-wide understanding, an idea that's cascading down, but people need to be responsible for determining what those benchmarks and those measurements are for their department and for their own roles. Correct? Yes. Benchmarks are usually for something repeatable. When you're setting OKRs, they're usually something that is done and completed. So the benchmark is something like you're monitoring your cogs and it, you know, at a certain level, it should be all the time, your revenue or something like that. But you want the sort of executable. But in general, yes. Well, that's great. So what are some of the potential risks of missing the OKRs for the organization? Not only uh, OKRs, but even if you don't OKRs and people are listening and they're thinking, okay, well, do I need to do this? Or we have perfect goal setting. One, if you feel like you're assigning the goals during the quarterly planning to other levels of the organization, basically not yourself, then that's potentially a trigger that you need OKRs. The other one is that if you're not hitting your goals consistently in the organization, then that might be a trend that may recommend to look into OKRs because then usually if you're at the top of the organization and not achieving your goals is because they were not linked throughout the levels. And then when they're linked from the bottom going up, then when the lower levels of the organization complete their rocks, then they contribute to the top rock and then they flow back up. So that's why you want to have OKRs on the organization. That's helpful. And so 
across the board there, who should be involved in the planning and the setting of those OKRs? I think this is a really good topic, and I was just uh, writing about it today. We're usually looking in the organization, if you think about consolidation in general, we're looking at these levels, right? You have your executive level, you have your departments, you have your regional, you have your hospital, and this is how you manage your metrics. This is how you're looking through your goals achievement. But I think we rarely look at what the doctors are doing. And I was thinking about the burnout concept and why veterinarians are going into the burnout. And just if you think in general who the veterinarians are and how they arrive to where they are, it's usually people that from the early childhood, they wanted to become a veterinarian. They became passionate about this idea. And then they thought about doing something that will take them next 20 years to become. That's a pretty significant goal setting for a kid. And then they go through a very difficult process of completing their grades with a good degree. And then they're going into the college to do sciences. And then the where you have to be to apply for vet school, you have to have all your grades in sciences and the bachelor over 85% so you can apply. Then you apply to vet school where I think it's usually anywhere between one to 10 or 15 candidates that get gets in only one out of 15. Then once you're in there, you're working on completing a degree that is, some people say, harder than the medical or law degree. So you are working really hard on very high goals for the last 20 years, and then eventually you graduate, you become a veterinarian, and then think about dynamic in the clinic. You show up at eight, you leave at five. No goals, no purpose, no passion. So this is where I think that piercing the organization with goals down to the level of the veterinarians who are the units that are producing revenue is extremely important. And now that I think about the burnout, I actually think that that's one of the most important reasons for burnout, that veterinarians who were on 100 miles an hour going through their last 20 years of school then graduate and go to a complete halt. And then if we don't engage them and what the consolidators do now, they throw money at them. If you think about it, there's a study that talks about the fact that anything over $70,000 in North America, in the States in particular, is actually covering the basic needs. Anybody who makes over $70,000, your basic needs of, you know, if you think about Maslow's hierarchy, your safety, your basic physiological needs, everything is met. Throwing more money at the person that is not satisfied because there's no self-satisfaction through goal achievement, which is a huge part of happiness, throwing more money at that person is not going to do the trick. So putting the goals in front of the veterinarian and knowing what you do differently on a day-to-day routine, I think will be very important. I think that successful organizations going forward will really benefit from when you're thinking about the veterinarians as the revenue generating unit and a person and then setting the goals in front of them will actually will work on decreasing burnout in our profession. I totally agree. I think that having veterinarians in my family and understanding the passion level and the difficulty to get where they are and then the difficulty in the practice is paramount to improve for folks. But do you think that, I know in your burnout study that you did, you found that the veterinary technicians and the receptionists and everyone else within the clinic is also experiencing those same levels of burnout and sometimes even higher. Should they be additionally involved in the OKR settings for their own specific roles? So when we talk about the goal setting for technicians versus uh, veterinarians, I think that they do different work. 
And I, I think that if we want to really map the productivity of veterinarian to overall financial gains of the organization, I think that's one direction of the goal setting. So, for example, if you think, I just remembering my days as the emergency veterinarian, I hated to write medical records after work. I had no connection of that particular task to anything that I do. And I thought that that was one of the biggest triggers to have a burnout for me. Now that I look back and I'm thinking, if I had some sort of goal set for myself personally, let's say I have a goal of maybe, I don't know, purchasing a new car, whatever it is, then each day when I see the contribution of that day to what I'm trying to achieve at the end of the day, when I'm writing the medical records for 20 cases I've seen today, and I see what revenue I generated from that, I think I would be more motivated. But it's back to the money question. The second part, I think, in motivating veterinarians, if you think about what they were motivated during the vet school, is learning. It was a lot of learning and then applying that learning in your profession. So I think that the whole concept of providing CE, but not with the purpose of just providing CE. A lot of veterinarians go to you know all these conferences just to meet with their school friends, have a party, and then go back and tick the box of you know 60 hours, whatever you see that you required. But if you go back and the management will spend time with each veterinarian of what are you learning objectives or goals for this year, and then build it out for the entire year and say, I want to learn how to do ultrasound. Which one? Abdominal ultrasound. Okay, this quarter, what would you like to learn? Urinary system. This week, I want to see five kidneys and adrenal glands on them. So you can literally split your goals as a veterinarian on learning objectives as well as financial. So those are the two about the veterinarians. But when you think about the technicians and managers and assistants in the clinic, I think they have different work objectives. And I think that them being the mechanism, the supportive mechanism of the veterinary workflow, I think they are responsible of cutting those costs. And I think setting the inventory management, the appointment fill rate, things like that, I think they could be sliced into objective goals for the technicians and the support staff in order to decrease the cost and then benefit the entire operation at the top. But they need to be set in front of people because otherwise they show up to work, they want to be there nine to five, leave as early as they can. And then there's no long-term goal. It's showing up, doing the work, leaving home. And there's no really passion. There's no purpose. I'm just doing this and it will become really boring really fast. Do you think that the veterinarians and the corporate team should make those OKRs very visible to all levels? I know obviously when there's financials involved, it can be touchy. Should the technician know the veterinarian and should they discuss that like, hey, I'm working hard to be able to break my CE into these levels to make it so that everyone sort of shares the idea of what those goals are? I mean, that's probably a personal thing. And I think that it depends on how people want to perceive the information. But to just understand where we are in the veterinary domain right now, there's none of that. So if there are people, if you think about the happiness in the workplace, let's call it, if, if you go to the concept of flow, which I'm passionate about right now in positive psychology, researching how to get to flow, when the sort of one of the geniuses that worked a lot on this, Chickson McCalley, he's talking about the happiness at work being achieved and flow achieved at work with the clear goals, immediate feedback, and a balance between the opportunity and capacity, meaning that I am tasked to do something that is slightly challenging what I can do and continuously pushing my boundaries. 
But the clear goal setting and immediate feedback is something that you just mentioned about visualization. And that's also in the healthcare industry that we talked about. And one of the leading principles is that it's visualization of the process and visualization of the results. So if you can provide veterinarian at the end of the day, the results of what they've done on both of those goals, one is the hard goal on the numbers and the financial with how they benefit from it plus what they've accomplished and put that little checkbox next to that kidney that they wanted to find three times during this week. It's a, it's sort of the goal setting because you get that influx of dopamine and that's how happiness is, is connected to the goal setting. So I think that visualizing it to answer your question, I think it's an absolute must to provide that to the actual people that do the work and they can choose whether they want to monitor it or not. And that depends on the personality. I think it's great that we can look at some of these goals and these ideas of business principles and and how they're relating back to improving people's lives day in and day out, specifically with the veterinarian view, but useful for everyone from the executives all the way through the entire clinic. So thank you for the info here, Ivan. I, I know I'm going to take this and perhaps reevaluate some of the ways that I'm looking at some of my objectives and key results for the coming quarter. Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. And just to reference the organizations that implemented key objectives and key results are LinkedIn, Twitter, Uber, Microsoft. So they're large companies that implemented that. And there are two books that I would like to recommend if anybody is interested. So the OKRs are well covered by John Doerr and the book is called Measure What Matters. And then if you want to learn more about the flow and peak experience, I think the starting book is great by Michaeli Chicks and Michaeli and it's called Flow, The Psychology of the Optimal Experience. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you for all the info here. Another wonderful conversation. I'm looking forward to next week and our next guests. Likewise. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at vetintegrations.com. 